You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 7 of Overdrive's Professional Book Nerds Podcast. I am joined with our lovely host, Jill. Jill, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am doing great. I just got to listen to this podcast before we did this intro, and... So the whole podcast is about romance titles, but don't stop listening if you're not a romance fan. I'm not personally a romance reader, but this legitimately was my favorite episode of our podcast so far. It was so well done. Yeah, we cover a lot of topics not just specific to romance novels, so. Yeah, well, first off, the whole thing is punderful, if I can just throw that out there. You spend the first 10 or 15 minutes talking about your favorite you know, punny romance books. That That's one of the awesome things about the romance kind of genre is there's a whole niche of punny title names that you guys go into, which I absolutely love. Indeed. There are a lot to choose from. Yeah. And you also did some Galentine's Day novels. We did do some Galentine's Day reads, yeah. yes. And so I, the whole episode is very, I don't want to say girl power, but it's it. I loved it. I am a self-proclaimed feminist. I... I'm happily married, but I am all about women's rights, and it was right. really awesome hearing all of you guys just kind of discuss why you like specific titles, which ones were, you know, kind of spoke to you at certain times in your life. So I thought it was a really well done episode, but I think, like I said, everyone will really enjoy it. I think it. everyone, yeah. Even if you're not female, I think there's stuff that can be found in, in yeah. what we talk about. Absolutely, and I will say, so... <laughs> You were joined by Liz, and I think you call the, her, other, the Rachel. other Rachel. Yes. Uh, Rachel. <laughs> so she, it was her first time on the podcast. It was, and yeah. For our listeners, she's going to get mad that I say this, but she was nervous beforehand, but she did awesome. She I did do she awesome. Was fantastic. Um, so, like I said, if you guys love romance novels, which secretly we know a lot of you do because it's the most popular uh, genre that we have, I, I think you'll love this. But even if you don't, I, it's just really nice to hear some different perspectives and it was a really enjoyable episode so i do want to say of course we love your feedback and we have an email address now that people can reach out to us do you want to give them that email address yeah it's feedback at overdrive.com so if you want to let us know uh, again what you're reading you can do that on on social media following us on facebook or twitter at overdrive libs or overdrive libraries uh, overdrive for libraries sorry uh, but if you want to send us an email, let us know uh, what you think of the episodes, what you would like to hear more of, what you'd like to hear less of. Just email us at feedback at overdrive.com. Uh, Jill and myself are the ones who get those emails, so I promise we will respond to you. Yes. I also want to point out, I think we finally nailed the sound situation. Hopefully, yes. This one sounded really clear and really good to me. So again, keep the feedback coming on that. Anything else you wanted to add? I don't think so. Just I hope they enjoy the episode and get some good books to read out of it. Absolutely. Yeah, like I said, I thought it was fantastic. So without further ado, uh, here is episode seven of the Professional Book Nerds podcast, All Things Romance. (music) 
Hi, everyone, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. I am your host, Jill, and today I am joined by my fellow staff librarians, uh, Liz, and the other Rachel, because we have two. Hi, Rachel. Hello. It's your first time. Yes, it is. Are you excited? Yes. Good. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome back, Liz. Thanks. <laughs> it's great to be here. <laughs> Good. This is another special themed episode because, you know, Valentine's Day is right around the corner and there's all those fun romance books and girl books and all sorts of fun stuff like that. So Yeah, but stick around even if you're not into romance because we are going to talk about Valentine's Day. Thank you very much, Amy Poehler, for that lovely holiday. And uh, Quirky Alone Day, which is mm-hmm. kind of like anti-Valentine's yes. Day. Like, respect the people who, you know, are living a single life right now. Indeed. Indeed. I spent many Valentine's Day that way, so I too. fully support that. So, have you guys, in preparation, you did some homework, I... <laughs> we, we did some binging, I think. Yeah, fairly say. I'm going to start, I'm going to let you know, I don't read nearly as much romance as you two, so I will try and keep up, but <laughs> <laughs> what have you read recently? That was good. Well, um, I've read a lot of YA recently, so uh, I'm, in, I'm actually in the middle of reading The Boy in the Black Suit by Jason Reynolds, and it's kind of advertised as a romance, but... I, it's not super romantic. I would say it's more of just like a classic coming-of-age novel. It's about um, a young man in Brooklyn who um, his mother passes away, and he kind of is, you know, struggling with that. And he and he has, you know, some some problems arise with his father, and he gets a job working for um, a funeral home, and he has to wear a black suit every day because half of his like it's a work study job. So basically, he goes to school half the day, and then he goes to this funeral home half a day. And he helps and he makes money, but, and he kind of, he kind of becomes addicted to attending these funerals because he starts meeting all these people who are sharing the same pain he is. Like they've lost someone extremely important to them. And so he kind of is going on this journey Mm -hmm. and, um, with funeral home, (laughs) in a funeral home. Sure. And, and there is a girl and she, she gets introduced eventually, but I don't know, it's not as romancy as I as I was led to believe when I kind of read the description. So okay. that's a great, not quite romantic, romantic book. Right. Yeah. Right. So the, yeah, it's a genre that probably gets stereotyped a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's always good to find ones that are not full on, if that's not yeah, the it's, it's not. It's not high drama or anything. Or, it, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, dramatic times, but they're, they're, you know, it's realistic fiction, and it's more just like him coming to terms with, his, the loss of his mom. Okay. And um, and then in a similar vein, I'm also I also just read uh, This Raging Light by Estelle Laurie, and that is um, sort of sort of sort of similar, but very much the opposite at the same time. It's uh, another young adult story, and it's about a girl who um, her dad leaves for a mysterious reason. I don't want to give it away. That you find out eventually. And her mom, like her dad, like her mom is so upset by this that she basically takes a vacation and says, here's money, watch out for your sister for two weeks, I'll come back, I'll be back in two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then she never comes back. Oh. Or at least for like, that's the beginning of the book. It's like, it's been two weeks, school's about to start, and she has to take care of her 10-year-old sister, and she's 16, 17 years old, and her mom is not showing up. And Hmm. not answering her phone, and every now and then she'll get some money in the mail, and that's it. So she kind of has to find a job. She has to take care of her sister, and it's it's coping with that. And then in all of this craziness of, you know, kind of no dad is around now, and like mom's not around anymore, and she's she's trying to keep it a secret so that 
people don't put, put them in foster care or anything. Right. Um, she, she has, like, a huge crush on her best friend's uh, brother. And so she kind of, like, falls in love while all this is going on. And it's really complicated, and I really appreciated that because... Um, you know, romance can, it's, it's really hard to fall in love. Like, it's really hard to meet your person. Oh, and, sure. and, and even if you're 16 years old and a lot of people don't take that seriously, it's still very, it can still be very, very complicated. And that book kind of illustrates how complicated romance is at any age and how life is hard. <laughs> yeah. Life is hard. Life is hard. <laughs> Full stop. Full stop. <laughs> life is hard. So, you, anything from you, Rachel? Uh, yeah. I recently read The Painter's Daughter by Julie Klassen, and she was kind of my gateway author to romance. I had been instructed to read something inspirational fiction and came up with her and fell in love with all of her stuff. I read it all in the last two years, and this was her most recent coming out last December. And so it's about a girl who is an artist. Her father is this esteemed painter, and she... She works as his assistant, not really doing much with her own her own work, but she does have talent that's there, and she winds up falling in love with a visiting art student who is kind of a rake, but it's not really the terminology that Klassen uses right. at the time. You know, he, he says she's, she's his muse, and he wants to paint her, and, you know, kind of progresses from there until he decides to go off to Italy to find his next muse, and she's pregnant, which is scandalous, of course. Indeed. And he's the elder brother. His younger brother shows up looking for him and finds her in this condition and decides to do the, the right thing and marry her because he doesn't think his older brother's going to come back. So it's a lot about their relationship when she does decide to marry him, just mm. to have, you know, preserve some of her dignity. And I really like Class's book. She writes very good historical and very good mystery. There's always a mystery in her books, which you're waiting to, like, put the pieces together to solve it at the end. She does that very well. So I liked that a lot. That's fun. That's good. I recently read, I just love the title because it's so fun, but The Rogue Not Taken. Like, how? <laughs> Come on. It is. They're great. Sarah so McLean. So funny. I love it. Sarah McLean is the reigning queen of the punny romance novel type. And I admit, I was actually really intrigued by this one. One, because of the title, and two, because it's actually gotten a couple star reviews in various, I mean, I think Booklist gave it one, and Library Journal gave it a star review. I was like, all right, I will give it a try. And it was really good. It was good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, guy meets girl. Doesn't quite work out. <laughs> a couple of times, I can go back and forth, but... And um, I think my favorite part, though, is the way it's, like, set up, like, the society pages. <laughs> yeah. I heard it described as TMZ in the Regency. It is TMZ in the Regency era. So, like, each of the chat, It took me a couple chapters to figure out the chapter titles or sort of, like, headlines that you would see in the society pages, which just cracks me up. And, um... So it was fun. It was a fun one. And it's the first of a series. It was the first so of a series. On the ground yes. floor, which is the nice. scandal the scandal and scoundrel series. Book one just came out. <laughs> her, good stuff. Her rule of scoundrels series is also amazingly punny. Um a rogue by any other name is the first one. One girl one good earl deserves a lover. <laughs> it just <laughs> it just keeps going from there. It's amazing. I love her stuff. 
And actually, we were going to do a segment on honey we were. romance titles. So is that your favorite, Sarah McLean? I think the Rogue and I Taken. I think just coming from, like, like how do you not love that one? <laughs> I don't know if it's just, like, from having studied poetry. I'm just like, this is genius. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would have to be my favorite. I think um, the one that's going to come after it, which is now for months and months yes scott in the dark i know i think that's scott in the dark it's i think that's skillful (laughs) you know what i think that's what it is it's a skill to be able to do that (laughs) to like find familiar enough idiom that like people are going to recognize what you're doing when you like change out a word or two Mm -hmm. and the words are always rake Duke, right? Earl, Earl, Earl. <laughs> scandal, <laughs> scoundrel. Yep. Like it's because it's usually a historical, so it's you know, let's call it like it is. Yes. Although I mean, I'm sure there are some contemporaries that do that, but not in my not experience, it's a lot of the historicals. All yeah. the ones, all my favorites that I found were all historicals. Like um, "Say Yes to the Marquess" by Tessa Dare. Good one. And uh, "Love in the Time of Scandal" <laughs> by Caroline Linden. <laughs> uh, or or "Cold Hearted Rake" by Lisa Kleypas. That's a good one. Everybody loves a good Paula Abdul reference in their historical romance Indeed. reading. One of my favorites I found was "No Groom" at the end. I was quite pleased with that one. Great. Oh my gosh, that. And I was like, that's the only one that's used groom, too, so that's pretty good. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Can we geek out about Jane Austen for a bit? Of course we can. So I am a self professed Jane Austen addict. I reread her books all the time. And so I was very excited when I heard about Eligible, which is part of the Austen project that has been going on for a year and a bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've already done Sense and Sensibility, Northanger Abbey, and Emma, and this was their Pride and Prejudice reboot in contemporary times. And I got an advanced reader copy, and Yay. I was so pleased. It's really good. This one will be out in April, so it's something to keep an eye out for. Um, they... The author is Curtis Sittenfeld, and she's done a couple other things. I think they were pretty popular. Prep was the one that yes, I kept seeing. That, that name's on, yeah. Yeah, I think I want to read that, because I really liked I her I style. I think I might have read Yeah. Um, and it was cool, because she did a really good job of transferring the idiosyncrasies of all of the characters into the present day, such that Mrs. Bennet is, of course, worried about her daughters getting married, and to add to her neuroses, she's addicted to buying things she doesn't need from catalogs, which is just a nice touch. Nice. Mr. Bennet doesn't care <laughs> as always Jane is a yoga instructor nice and and oh another cool part they took all the character previously you know Pride and Prejudice they're all in the 15 to 21 range they bumped up all the ages oh. so they're all in the 29 to 39 oh okay wow really nice you know you, you grow up the characters a bit but they're still silly so, like, the youngest two, Ben, oh, and sure. Kitty and Lydia, are CrossFit enthusiasts, <laughs> which just adds to their neuroses. It was, I really, really enjoyed this one. I was very pleased with how well it translated from England to setting it in Cincinnati, making Darcy a neurosurgeon. Woo-hoo, Ohio. <laughs> yeah, right, set in Ohio, and it was very nice, yeah. So, I think people are really going to like this one. That sounds good. All right. Read an Amish version of Pride and Prejudice. The Amish! <laughs> It worked out so well, though. Wait. So an Amish version of Pride and Prejudice. Yes. All right. It was, okay. So 
This one's by Sarah Price, and she's working through all the Austins and rewriting them in the Amish setting. And it worked out beautifully. I love that. I can kind of see that. Yeah. I mean, five daughters seems perfectly normal in an Amish I would family. say that totally. Too. Yeah. So I think it, that one translated really well. Um, and Pride and Prejudice isn't my favorite. I'm working on the, her version of Persuasion right now, because that's okay. really my favorite. Really and my favorite. I'm, I'm loving it. It's called Second Chances, and it's very sweet so far. So, has anyone else read any Bonnet Rippers, which is what they call Amish romance novels instead of um, bodice rippers? I was not familiar with that one, but yes, I have. <laughs> I actually quite like the Amish romance. They're very quaint, I think yeah. is the word we used earlier. Mm-hmm. They're just a good community story and family. And Yes, definitely. There's yeah. drama, though, when they date outside the Amish community, you know, it's usually the mm-hmm. height of the drama. I am from Amish country, originally, Middlefield, Ohio, and um, and uh, they call us Yankees <laughs> in Middlefield, <laughs> but I think it might be a different term depending on which community which you community. visit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they're good. I like them. It's just a nice little story. Yes. Nice. Nothing super... Like, bonnet ripper. I've not heard bonnet ripper before. Yeah. Well, my, it, you know, you hear a lot of, you hear a lot of interesting versions of, um, you know, Nick Age romance novels. For example, my mother calls romance novels, especially like the steamier romance novels, yes. she calls them pant and puffs. <laughs> I know, it's hilarious. I have never heard that before. It might just be her. <laughs> and maybe her sister's. It might just be her. Yeah, yeah. that, I'm not familiar with that one either. <laughs> But she, you know, like it's, it, I don't know, I think it's, I think it's adorable. And like my mom has, my mom has um, three sisters and they all, they all like they're on, they're on their own little book club together. And so sometimes I tag along and sure. just read what they're reading right. go over to her house and be like, what can I borrow? I was raised on a lot of fantasy and science fiction well, that way. <laughs> that's what happens. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. So um, moving away maybe from the romance for a little bit. What about Valentine's Day? You know. Ladies celebrating ladies. Ladies celebrating ladies. <laughs> With frittata. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, not everyone celebrates Valentine's Day in their more, like, relationship romantic sense. Well, I have a couple of recommendations. Um, first, I'd like to recommend the graphic novel series Lumberjanes. Yes. Which is like Lumberjacks, only ladies. Um, it's by uh, Noelle Stevenson and Grace Ellis. And it's about um, campers at a camp, not for girls, but for hardcore lady types. Yes. And uh, they go on all these adventures, and there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of, like, goofiness and fun. And, like, the I guess you could call, like, the theme of the of the comic is friendship to the max. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and they're hilarious and amazing. Uh, Kristen, one of the staff librarians here, had recommended them to me. And I finally got around to reading them uh, maybe a month ago, mm-hmm. and I fell in love with these comics. I was just like, oh, these are so amazing. The characters are great, and they're perfect for youngsters, and you can, I can totally still appreciate them now as an adult. Like, they're just, they were just amazing. And then um, another really good Valentine's Day book uh, is uh, one of my personal favorite books of all time, How to Build a Girl by Catelyn Moran. And it's uh, a novel, it's like a coming-of-age novel about this girl, uh, I think it starts in 1990 and then it just uh, keeps going. And it's about a girl in the 90s who, when she, right around the time that she graduates high school, she gets a job as a music journalist and kind of 
don't know, she just kind of, like, learns how to be a grown-up, and she calls herself a self-proclaimed lady sex adventurer, <laughs> and she goes on all these, like, wild, she has all these wild times, and she parties, and she has fun, and she, she just, it's, I don't know, and it's body, and it's, you know, a little bit scandalous, and, and, um, and she just kind of learns so much about herself, and you just, I don't know, I just, there's just something about this book that I just loved, and I want every woman I know to read it, you right. know, like, yeah. I just, I just, it just really connected with me, and it was super funny, super funny. And then my final book is a book that's coming in March, and I haven't finished it yet, I, I started this one, and it's, it's just an honorable mention, because I think it might be a little romancy, so it's not a true it's not just Valentine's Day, but it's called A Study in Charlotte instead of A Study in Scarlet. So <laughs> keeping with the punny theme. Sure. And it's about, it's a Sherlock Holmes derivative. Only this time, the girl is Sherlock. And, oh, and the guy is Watson. Oh, I love it. So I was very pleased to be like, finally, the girl is Sherlock. And her name is Charlotte Holmes. Oh. And... Awesome. <laughs> Writing that down as we speak. Yes, it's and it's so far pretty interesting. And uh, they are, you know, in the story, they're like descendants of Holmes and Watson, and it's okay. kind of they have like this long family history. Like the Holmeses raise their kids to be like Sherlock Holmes. Like they huh. teach them like detective skills, right. detecting skills, the art of detection, things like that. That's it's amazing. really, it's so far, it's really interesting, and I'm I'll be very interested to see how this story progresses. So those are my those are my Galentines. Your Galentines. <laughs> I like those choices. I like those choices. Um, for Galentine's Day, I had um, uh, "Kiss My Tiara: How to Rule the World as a Smart Math Goddess" by Susan Jane Gilman. I read this book when I think I was in like high school, maybe college, and it's just very much like women are awesome, and you should be happy to be a woman, and um, there's chapters about like being single and how you don't have to kind of always need a guy you know what I mean like hold out <laughs> and telling the story about like sometimes you have to kiss a lot of frogs to get to the prince kind of thing and that's okay and I don't know it was just when I was at that age it was just very empowering to me um to read about being like a strong I think it was sort of my introduction in some ways to like the idea of feminism and and wanting to to be like that. Um, speaking of, the other one would be Bad Feminist by Roxane Gay. I love that book. So good. It's so good. I love the stories about Scrabble. The Scrabble? Love them. The whole Scrabble like, chapter just just kills me. It just kills me. But like I'm I'm reading though like the section I'm in now is she's talking about like you know violence against women and sexual assault and so she covers like a lot of topics um, you know spectrum wise on on what she talks about but I think it's all something that we all women can kind of appreciate and and learn from so it's it's good I highly recommend it it's good stuff it's good stuff yeah. What about you, Rachel? Any Valentine's Day? In that vein, I gotta recommend uh, How to Be a Woman by Catelyn Moran, which is yes. the same author that Liz just mentioned, because I'm listening to that one right now, and it's so awesome. Good. I'd seen on the cover, they're like, it's like 
bossy pants, but British. I'm like, this stands on its own. I don't even think you need to compare. You don't Just, need to compare yeah, it. it's that amazing. I, and the audiobook is read by the author, so of course that's... Is it really? Oh, yes. Like, I read, read, like I read oh, the physical you book. To, you need to <laughs> listen to this one, because first of all, her accent is delightful, and second of all, her... Uh, the feeling she puts behind it because it's her life. Yes. You know, the way her delivery just imparts so much. Um, so I'm really, really enjoying that. And another one, which I'm pretty sure Liz will agree is nice. Dealing with dragons. We're going to go old school. <gasps> oh <my God. laughs> By Patricia C. Reed. Wow. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. I read this one when I was hmm, preteen, somewhere around that age. And this one is a fairy tale, but not quite. It has to deal with a princess who is really not keen on being a princess. She wants like to get it. cooking lessons, and she wants to learn magic and, and take sword fighting lessons. And her parents are like, no, I'm sorry, that's simply not done. And so she runs away, like you do, because she didn't want to get married to a born prince. Totally. And so she goes to live with dragons. Which is also simply not done. <laughs> There's a lot about stuff that you're not supposed to do and how she's like, I really don't care. That's okay. So it's very... Um, it's very empowering. Yeah. You know, the opposite of the typical princess uh, image. Yeah. And I I was going to, I actually was just about to recommend that to my friend uh, who has a daughter who's kind of princess crazy right now. And that's totally cool. You know? Yeah. I think I went through that phase. Oh, I think. Yeah. I think and sure. uh, I just think it's a great book to be, you know, just to be like, this princess is awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, I mean... You know, I think there's lots of books out there aimed more towards little girls that are very empowering and still princess, but a different interpretation. Like, you don't have to be the yeah. big ball gown. I mean, you can. That's okay. <laughs> right. That's but okay. There's another option. But there are other options. Yeah. Like, there are other interpretations of the princess. <laughs> If you like the Dealing with Dragon books, um, I actually have a second series that I would recommend. It's uh, by an author named Alethea Contis, and she writes these Woodcutter Sisters books, and they're all, um, they're kind of like a mashup of, of various fairy tales. Oh, I think I've heard of those. And uh, the first book's called Enchanted. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and it, and they're sweet and lovely, and there's a lot of, um, I think the second book's called Hero, now that it occurs to me. There's a lot of gender-bending kind of things. Like, in the book, in the second book, the um, the princess who is trapped in the mountain is actually a prince who's trapped in the mountain. Um. And he has to, like, trick the witch into thinking he's a girl, so he has to wear a dress all the time. And then, like, this girl who, the sword-wielding girl is the one to save him. And it's it's really, I don't know, it's just really interesting. Like, she plays with a lot of character stereotypes and I don't I just really love I just really love those books but in some ways you kind of have to know your fairy tales to sure. appreciate them but I don't sure. I think that there would be plenty of people who don't necessarily have to know all the fairy tales to appreciate yeah. them they were yeah. I just thought they were adorable very mm -hmm. similar yeah this reminds me one of the series I love is by um Lauren Willig and it's the secret history of the pink carnation and there are nine or ten books in the series and they are set in like um french revolution british regency like that you know early 1800s and it's um romance but it's a secret spy network of female spies during that nice. time period i know like it's so fun and it's sort of taken from the scarlet pimpernel but they're they're females and uh how they kind of are trying to thwart napoleon and <laughs> 
from taking over England, and it, they're they're fun. They're just fun. Um, so, but I think it's the same idea of sort of breaking the stereotypes of of females, even historical. So next up, I think, are we going to do Corky alone? Sure. All right. So tell us, how would you and sort of looking at Corky alone and in the theme of what we're doing here? Well, I don't know. Since romance novels are kind of light and, you know, uh, you know, they're often described as a romp and they're a fun romp and, and often, um, if they're, if they're difficult to read, it's because they're very emotional and not necessarily because they're grim or dark or, um, or there's a lot of, you know, death, destruction, mayhem kind of things in the, and so I kind of interpreted Quirky Londe as, as books that aren't particularly romantic, but still have that same kind of like humor, lightness, like pleasant to read and, and, you know, good character development. Cause a lot of romance novels are just about like spending time with those characters and right. watching them fall in love kind of thing. And, and, uh, and so I, I sort of picked a few kind of like lighter books and they aren't a hundred percent light by all means, but they're, um, they're not, well, I'm, and I'm naturally not much of a mystery or horror reader in general. So most of the books that I read are, are usually going to be not that. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Um, so for my quirky alone day picks, I just picked some, and they do have some romance, but it's definitely not the highlight of the story. Um, the storied life of AJ Fickery is more of a, just like a family book. And it's about this uh, man who's recovering from the death of his wife. And he, um, he goes for a run one day and he comes back to his bookstore and there is a child abandoned in his bookstore. He doesn't know what to do. And so he eventually end up, ends up adopting her. And it's this whole history of like, you know, his life with her and, you know, people that they meet and other families and how they interact. And it's, it's, it, it goes over the span of a very long time, like from the time that he adopts this girl until she's an adult. And uh, it's just really lovely. And it's very much a book for book nerds written by book nerds because there are a thousand and one book illusions like they nice. she refers to all sorts of crazy novels in and, yes. in and out of the books and it's just it's just delightful um and then uh my second recommendation is a tale for the time being by ruth ozeki okay and that's um it's sort of and it's sort of a split story actually it's kind of a more than a split story it's 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 multiple stories and uh, so the main story is about a character named Ruth who lives in uh, Canada and uh, near the near the western shoreline. And uh, basically, it's like a couple of years after the tsunami in Japan. Okay. And some of the debris starts washing up on the Canadian shore, and she finds this lunchbox that's been well preserved like it was like it looked like it had been deliberately set adrift almost it was like really like it wrapped in plastic and in a bag and she pulls out this lunchbox and there's a couple of different diaries in there and so one is in english and then one is in french and she reads the english diary and it's this teenage girl who had lived who had lived very recently and then she'd gotten someone else to to uh, translate the french diary and um, it's about this uh, girl who actually is Japanese, and she was raised mostly in America until she was a teenager. And her father was a programmer in like Silicon Valley, mm -hmm. and he moved his family back to Japan. And it was a very, very hard adjustment for her. And um, she was bullied a lot, and she ended up 
kind of, you know, you, you know, you just read about her life, and and she uh, has this grandmother who lives in kind of a rural Japan. They were in the city, I believe it was Tokyo, but I cannot confirm that. It's been a while since I've read it. And so you also get the story of the grandmother, and she finds out about her uncle who was a kamikaze pilot, and um, his journal is the one that was in French because oh, okay. he uh, was studying French before he. Uh, basically was drafted into into the military mm-hmm. and um, and it's this like interweaving of all of these stories of all these different people and you learn um, you just learn a lot about this family and it's really beautiful and there's also a lot of philosophy tied into it about time and um, and it was just like it was just very powerful and very moving and I really enjoyed it and it wasn't a hundred percent happy, lighthearted right. romp. But I don't know, I just I just really enjoyed it. And you kind of and Ruth is discovering all these things and you're just kind of discovering them with her. Right. And um, they're just I don't know, I just it was a very powerful book and I really, really enjoyed it. And then uh, my third recommendation actually is a murder mystery book. Alright. One of the one of the few <laughs> I've read. And it's um it's about this um orchestra camp like the these like statewide orchestra like you know different students from each yes. state go okay. and they perform in this orchestra and they and uh and there's like a famous conductor and um and then there's like a theater group and an orchestra group and all these different things and it's these two siblings and they uh they're fr- and they all go to upstate new york to this hotel called the bellwether and the oh the, sorry the book is called the bellwether rhapsody by um kate uh Raculia. and uh and, you know, there's all these kids trapped in this hotel. And, of course, there's a snowstorm. They get snowed in. And somebody mysteriously dies. Of course. And um, so it's all, it's a little bit madcap. Like, it's all this, like, oh, kind of, like, uh, you know, comedy kind of thing. And uh, the characters are just delightful. And you find out, and you find out what happens. And you get really invested in all these different characters. And it's told from a couple of different, from a couple of different storylines. Um, and it all comes together in a way that's very, that's very clever and interesting. And I just... I really enjoyed that, and I uh, and the bassu- the oboist no bassoonist sorry. There's a bassoonist named Rabbit who's a nice. like a junior in high school. His nickname is Rabbit, and he is just he's just lovely. He's just like <laughs> a lovely character. You know, you just you're just one of he's just one of those characters that you don't you don't want to let go at the end of the story. Yeah. You're like I want more time with him because I just really enjoyed him. <laughs> That's always fun. Yeah. That's fun. So I picked for this one. It's. It's the Thursday Next series by Jasper Ford. I love them. See, they're so fun. So the first one is The Air Affair, um, as in E-Y-R-E for Jane Eyre. And I like it because it, in the, it's a sort of alternate reality, I suppose we would call it. Um, and the title character, uh, or the Thursday Next, is a literary detective for a government organization where such things as literary detectives exist (laughs) and she lives in a world where Jane Eyre ends very differently in that Jane and Rochester do not get together at the end of Jane Eyre this is the world she lives in and then one day someone manages to literally get into the book Jane Eyre and steal Jane Eyre from Jane Eyre (laughs) and (laughs) Thursday has to figure out what happened to Jane Eyre and get her back into the book. Um, it's just, so you have, like, this classic, I suppose we could maybe call Jane Eyre romance, sort of. 
You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. But again, you have this like very like Jane as a character is a very strong, independent female character, and not sort of a traditional, you know, romance in that way. And then Thursday as a character is very similar. Like she's single, um, has no, you know, real. She's fine with that, and she's good, and um, carries the story, and she's just a fun character. And and if you continue with the series. They, he, Jasper plays with like so many books in so many ways. It is incredible. <laughs> like in one of them, there's a scene where Hamlet is trying to order coffee at a Starbucks. <laughs> I and, remember that. And another, they, <laughs> she attends a group therapy session with the characters from Wuthering Heights. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> so he just, he has, he has fun with these, with these very classic characters that, um, a lot of readers are probably going to be familiar with, and I don't know. It's it's just it's fun. I think it's fun, but I think the characters are very well developed, and I just I like his play with the kind of classic stories that I want to visit the world that Thursday Next lives in because it's so like literature. There's they don't care about television. They don't care about movies. They only care about literature. Yes, and. There's like this one tiny aside where her and this guy go on a date and they see King Lear. They do, yeah. And they pull people out of the audience to play it because everybody knows King. Everybody knows King Lear. Everybody knows King Lear. And the best part is that they talk back to the play, like people talk back to the theater in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. So there's like people shouting, "When is the winter of our discontent?" (laughs) And then like King Lear's, or like the narrator. I don't remember which character it is. It's like now, now now is the winter of our discontent. (laughs) I'm just like, I want to go to that showing of King Lear. I know. It's, oh my gosh, it's incredible. Like, it is. Like, if you've ever been to Rocky Horror or know anything about Rocky Horror, it's like that, but it's Shakespeare. And it's just, oh my gosh, it's just so fun. It's so fun. And I, like, I want to be Thursday next. Oh, it wasn't King Lear. It was one of the Richards. No. Was it? Richard III. Richard III. Thank you. Look at you. See? I might have seen it. This is, why, <laughs> this is why we should do some more research before yeah, we start. it's so hard. <laughs> All that silly, silly Shakespeare. So, anyone looking forward? Are there any books coming out? That besides the Scott? Well, besides, well, yes. well, yeah. besides, besides Scott Dark. Yeah. I will say that I am looking forward to From This Moment by Elizabeth Camden. It comes out this June. And this is an author I've read of her books thus far. Um, I like her writing. She she writes some pretty good female characters who are self-starters. Like, there's one where it's a map librarian at the Library of Congress, and she's trying to solve this naval mystery where her father had disappeared and, you know, hasn't been found, etc., etc. There's another one where a woman is a government statistician. So it's, it's basically women who actually have jobs, which is kind of refreshing for stuff that's set in the 1800s. Yes. Interesting. So she's got this one coming out, which I'm looking forward to. All right. Liz? Uh, well, I am looking forward to this book that I actually have only read the blurb for, but uh, it just sounds really good. It's called Monsters, a Love Story okay. by Liz Kay. And um, it's, it's about a woman who is a poet, who is a widow, and... Um, and this rock, this A-list movie star falls in love with her novel in verse, which is a feminist reimagining of Frankenstein. Yes. And he, they decide to make a movie about it. So she's thrown into 
this man's world and they sort of you know they make a movie and then like the line is like they make a movie they make each other crazy and they make love but only in secret and uh it just sounds really interesting um you know so and it's coming out on uh, in june of this year and then i um i received an arc and i read a lot of uh the hating game which is a debut novel by sally thorne that's not coming out until august of this year and it's it's a pretty interesting it's like a cat cats and fighting like cats and dogs kind of relationship mm-hmm. theme book where they uh, it's about two people who work in the same publishing house and they kind of hate each other and then they sort of um you know they kind of fall in love but it also sort of shows the dark side of that storyline because mm-hmm. a lot of times it's like oh i hate you oh i love you everything's fine and this this yeah. main character um in this book is very like she's very much you feel her stress like you really have a lot of empathy for her and she's she is like having a rough time, yeah. you know. It's because it's not just this guy. I mean, she's feeling lonely and alienated. Like her 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 closest friend was um, was downsized out of the company, and now won't speak to her because her because she is, she thought that this girl could have either saved her job or at least give her warning mm-hmm. that it was happening, and she couldn't have. But the friend still blames her, so she right. doesn't. She doesn't have any friends, and she's a workaholic, so she just works, and she works in this hostile environment across, you know, across the way from this guy, and um, and it just it really well illustrates how much like emotion is tied into sure. falling in love, and also you know how there is sometimes a thin line, and and it kind of makes me think of that whole. I don't know, I bring to go, like in Rainbow Rowell's book, uh, the character Baz is, uh, he's in love with Simon, but he really, he hates, he kind of hates him too. Yes, he's like, I hate yes. that I'm in love with you and I like, I'm, I'm so angry at both myself and you and yet I still have these feelings for you and, and I don't know, it just, it's just one of those where you, you really feel a lot of, like, you feel a lot for the character. Indeed. It gives you the feelings and getting the yes. feelings from a romance novel is like, that's one of the goals, you know? Yes. Well, thank you ladies. Thanks for coming back, Liz. Thanks. That was your first time, Rachel. There's so many books. There are. Welcome. (laughs) I have the benefit of getting to talk all the time on this podcast. I always have, I don't have to really pick and choose. I'm like, oh, I can just do this one in another episode. But yeah, I feel for you. You're like, I'm... Yeah, there's so many romance There are so many romance I know, and it's, everyone has their niche. Like, you find what you like, and you read that. So it's hard to give recommendations because... What I read isn't necessarily what my best friend reads, or right. you know what yeah. what you read or what Rachel reads. Or yeah, we're, we're pretty similar. Although Rachel and I are pretty similar. Well, that's okay. We forgot Sherry Thomas. Oh, we forgot to talk about Sherry oh, Thomas. <laughs> okay, we, we have to have girl for a second here. One little okay. fangirl moment. Go right ahead. So I introduced Rachel to my most favorite historical romance novelist of all time, Sherry Thomas, and. She's just she's just amazing. Her books are fantastic, and and she's not even a native English speaker. Like she, she was born in China and moved here when she was a teenager, and her her books are amazing. I just like can't even imagine like learning a second language that well. But yeah. it's it's you know people do it all the time. Like you Indeed. know people are amazing. Human beings are amazing. <laughs> Yes. And uh, Sherry Thomas is one of those amazing human beings. And she's written a you know really great historical fiction series. She's written a nonfiction or a young adult fiction trilogy that's very much like a Harry Potter reader like. Okay. That's also adorable. And then she actually has announced on her blog that she 
is no longer writing romance novels, at least for a while, and is now doing mystery novels, which of course I won't read. (laughs) But I'm a little, I'm a little sad, but she's so good. If if you want to start with her, um, The Luckiest Lady in London is the one that Liz recommended I start with, and it's the beginning of a trilogy, and it's brilliant. Yeah, I like I like. And that she one throws in science. Yeah. Oh, see, there you go. And all of the guys are like hot scholars. Yes. <laughs> you can definitely appreciate that. Yes. So if you're a lady who appreciates like hot gentleman scholars <laughs> And what lady does you <laughs> Sorry guys, I didn't mean to alienate any. It's alright. It's all good. It's all good. Sounds like that's a good way to go. Got that final recommendation in there for there our listeners go. for our, our fun. And you can find these on Overdrive and, and all that fun stuff. So get some reading done this February. And thanks for listening. Bye. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com. And our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.